0: privilege to welcome Barbara to the stage. I got to see her slides in advance. I'm excited. I know you will be too. Thank you very much. I'm not really sure what I was thinking when I asked him if I could do this. And preach is a very strong work. I'm not a pastor. I'm not qualified to preach, but I am going to do what I do well. Talk. So, I'm going to talk to my family and friends that I love very dearly. So, that should be easy, right? And I'm going to talk about myself, because that's what I know. So, I hope, though, that in what I say, you don't hear my words, but you hear a message from God. So, I would like to start with a prayer. If you would please join me for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for each person here with us, each person hearing this message. Please speak to each person despite what I say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want to start with my life verse. Life verse. I want to know first, what is your life verse? Raise your hand if you have a life verse. Okay, there are a few of you. Very good. Okay, I didn't know what that was until I came to worship. I had never heard that term life verse until I heard Pastor Bill's life verse. If you haven't heard that one, please ask him about it because it's a good one. He has a really good story about that. But I've never heard that term before. I've always heard people say, Barbara, what's your favorite Bible verse? Well, that's easy, right? How many of you have a favorite Bible verse? Right? I was there too. Sometimes it was this verse. Sometimes it was that verse, right? But my go to is always, oh yeah, I have a favorite verse, it is Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So after I heard about this life verse and I thought, you know, is that really my favorite verse? And I started to contemplate it and pray over it and meditate, and what I realized was, no, that's not my life verse. That's the verse that God gave me during times of trouble. During times of adversity, when I was needing help, that's the verse I turned to. And yeah, he did give me strength in my times of weakness. So this is an amazing verse. But it's not one that I would call my favorite or definitely life-changing to me, right? So maybe there's a different one. Maybe it's Mark ten twenty seven, Because Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, this one is truly life-changing to me. Because, as many of you know, I don't see very well. But that's okay. I am beyond blessed to have any vision at all because I was actually born blind. I have a condition called congenital glaucoma. So I couldn't see. And I would tell people the story of this miracle that happened for me fell into place, how through lots of prayer and um, the Lions Club reached out to my parents and they found a surgeon who was willing to do experimental surgeries. And then one day I went, this isn't my story to tell. I was a baby back in 1972, so now you know it But it wasn't my story to tell. This was my parents' story to tell. So I called them and I said, I'm telling people this miracle that God did for me, but it's not my story to tell. It is, though, because you are seeing the effects of this miracle. And that's true. When I go to doctors, sometimes they'll say, Hmm, let me look at your scars because you have congenital glaucoma. You shouldn't be able to see that well. And then they'll look and they'll say, Those are really good. That's impossible.
1: And that's when I say,
0: With man, it's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Then I know if I have a doctor that's a keeper or if I have to go find another one. (laughs) So then I thought, okay, but, you know, Jesus did miracles all, all the time. And the miracles in my life didn't stop there. I've seen others, and I've seen others in your lives, too. Some of you have told me some of the miracles you experience. And I think miracles are a great way that we can tell others about God so that people who might not have a strong belief can grow their belief. So, that is a good one. I love that one. Could be my life first. However, here's another good one. And you all know this one. So, let's say it together. For God so loved the world (laughs) that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is a truly life-changing verse, right? It changed my life as a kid. I was saved when I was young, and I knew that it was true. Like, when I heard the message, and I heard this, and I realized, oh, Jesus died for me so that I can be saved. It was truly life-changing. So there was this one time when I was probably in junior high. I've told the confirmation class this story. I've told a few of you this story because it happened. I went to my grandmother, and I said, I think I'm God's favorite. She said, yeah, you are. I said, wait a minute. When I told my parents this, they said, but Barbara, keep in mind, God loves everybody the same. And she said, yes, but that's also true. Well, how can that be true? How can I be his favorite if he loves everybody the same? And she told me, what you feel is your relationship with Christ. You have a relationship with him. You love him, he loves you, and you can feel that. And he loves everybody. So everybody can have that. What? I said, well, why don't they? And she said, well, that's your job. to show them what it's like. What they should strive to have. So, wow. So this verse is more than just my favorite verse. This is a fundamentally important verse for all of us because we all need Jesus and we know that he died for us. So this is a good verse. I'll keep it in mind as we go to the next one. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or phrase-worthy, think about these things. So, I read this verse once when I was younger, probably a young mom, and I was studying the Bible, and I was like, hmm, this verse is good, but then it hit me in a different way. And I thought, wow. You know, I've known all my life that God gives me choices. I choose what I do. I choose what I say. But then this verse hit me, and I thought, oh, he allows me to choose what I do. That was life-changing because I realized that I can choose my thoughts. And he's telling me right here in his Word what to think about. And so I took a time, and as a Lent, instead of giving something up, well, I did. I gave up my negative thoughts and added this verse. So morning, noon, and night, I said this verse. I read this verse. I prayed over this verse. I worked on thinking about what is true, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, what is praiseworthy. I I just worked on those things, and I feel like that was very life-changing. So, this could be my life verse. It it really was empowering and life-changing to me. Um,
1: But there's also this
0: other verse. Matthew 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as ransom for many. Because, see, one time, a long time ago, somebody told me, Barbara, right, you have a true servant heart. And my first thought was, uh uh-uh. I'm not going to be a servant, I'm going to be a teacher. I love kids. Kids are my thing. We, they are genuine. They are honest. They are fun. I just love kids, and I'm just going to be a teacher, not a servant. So later, down the line, I become a teacher, and I'm teaching, and somebody else tells me, Barbara, you have a true servant heart. And I started thinking, what does that mean? What does it mean to have a servant heart? Is that a good thing?
1: So I looked it up,
0: and having a servant heart is doing good to others without expecting anything in return. Oh, I can do that, right? That's not hard to do, but is it biblical? Me because Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, could have come any way he wanted. He could have come rich, wealthy, powerful, but he didn't. He came to a young mom. He came to Mary and Joseph, a carpenter. He came just to an average, not wealthy family. He rode into town on a donkey. He Embraced humility and served others. He washed his disciples' feet, and we're always told, "Be like Jesus," and that is my ultimate goal: is to try to be more like Jesus, right? And he came to serve and not to be served. So that is my goal. That is what I'm always working towards. So, for anyone who said I have a certain heart, thank you. That is. very confusing. I was teaching, doing everything I should. God had led us to a church, and so we're going to this church, and I'm teaching Sunday school, because that's what teachers do, right? They get asked to teach Sunday school, so I'm teaching Sunday school, learning a lot. And then I felt a pull on my heart to not teach anymore, but to do something else, but I didn't know what that was. So after a lot of prayer and thoughtfulness, somebody asked me to be a children's director, and I was like, I'm so, not qualified for that. And the pastor had a good word of wisdom for me. He said, Barbara, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. Oh, okay. So then I prayed, and yes, I am being called to work in this ministry. And I did. I became a children's director in 2003 and served as a children's director. But then did I always listen? No. sometimes I'm like Jonah. You know, and he has to hit me over the head with it. So I'm serving along, and a pastor calls me from the Cypress area and says, You know, your church has two children's directors. Would you pray about coming and serving at our church? And I said, Oh, thank you so much for asking. No, I can't do that because I'm happy where I am at. And then I thought about it. There was nothing about praying in there. There was nothing about God in there. There was a lot of icing. being called somewhere else and I've served at this church for a long time and I don't know where he's calling me and so he prayed with me and prayed for me and then one day I was looking online and I saw a word serve church I didn't even know that church existed okay but I just let it go and kept doing what I was doing and praying and thinking and this church didn't leave my mind though and so other churches had openings, and I called this pastor for and I said, pray over this opening at this church. And he would pray over it, and he would probably later say, no, that's not your church. Okay. So after a few times, I looked up work serving again, and they were looking for a children's director. Home and said, yes, you need to go check out WordServe. And so from the moment I stepped in the door of WordServe, I knew that was home. This is home. You guys are amazing. This is the best church family ever. You are supportive and loving and beyond anything I could ever ask for. And you guys, your kids are amazing. They are the best. Your kids They pray in your youth. They pray. They hear what you're saying. You guys are their first worship leaders. You are their first examples. And you guys are doing an amazing job with those kids. I could not ask to be part of a better family. And you guys are amazing. So, in conclusion, what is my life verse? Okay, it's like this. Like shoes. I like shoes, right? We like shoes. Yeah. So whenever it's cold outside and my feet are really cold, I put on my boots. They keep my feet nice and warm, right? They're great. I wear them all winter long. But then the season changes. And it gets hot outside. And so I want to take off my boots. So I don't get rid of them. I put them in my closet because I'm going to need them again. But then I put on my sandals or my flip-flops because it's hot outside, right? And so I need those. And then, then I want to go for a run. Okay, well, who am I kidding? I walk now. But, so we go for a walk. I put on my walking shoes, right? And they support my feet, protect me. And so then, then I get new shoes. Has anyone ever gotten new shoes? Yeah? And you put them on, and if you try to wear them for a long time, they hurt your feet. So you have to break them in slowly. Yeah? Some shoes are like that. But one thing that all shoes have in common is that they have a sole. And that protects, protects our feet from dirt, from debris, from injury and harm. So I hope that while I have many favorite Bible verses and a couple that I feel are life verses, I'm still just going to dig into this, dig into the Word of God and try to learn more, and try to grow more through this time. And I hope that each of you will do this along with me. And so, for now, I am actually going to lean on the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. I think you know that one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I'm going to pray this verse and think this verse over me because I don't know where God's calling me next, but I know that it will be good. And I don't know what God has in store for you next, but also I know that it will be good. So please stay in the word, stay in the family, and he's got plans to prosper us. So please pray with me. Father God, thank you for this time together. Thank you so much for sending your son so that we may be saved. Thank you for the miracles that you do in each of our lives. Thank you for loving each of us so much that you want a relationship with us. Thank you for giving us hearts to serve and allowing us to go out and love you and love others. Please help us to continue to do so. Forgive us when we mess up, when we sin, as we know we will do again and again. Thank you so much for everything and all of your blessings. Please continue to watch over and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen.